aggressive clapping songs. Were you a big fan of the Go Team? No. You weren't? No. What about like Polyphonic Spree? I feel Absolutely like there was lots not. of like big group bands in the early 2000s that were clap heavy. No. I don't like that you kind know. of clapping. Oh. The like, hey, clap, strum. No, not that. No, no. We want to like we we be a little peppier. You no, know? it's peppy. You, yeah. do, you don't know who the Go Team are? No. You would like them. I don't think I guarantee either. you they'd be your new favorite band. Absolutely not. But anyway, this is all after show talk already. Oh, You're great. starting with the after show. You can't do that. Well, sometimes we do that. Sometimes we do that. Actually. And it's a little, yeah. Ooh, what a tasty beverage. Sorry. Mm. I hey. just saw a shirtlip, shirtless picture of Elon Musk, which... Is that why it was trending on, on the twitters.com? I guess. I, I didn't see it on Twitter. Mm. But I can't unsee it. And I'm also, I kind of look like him. Or I'm going to at some point. What does that mean? Do I have to look this up for visual confirmations? I guess so, yeah. I mean, he's definitely fatter than me, but I can just see myself getting to his level in like five years, for sure. Is it, do you just search Elon Musk shirtless? I don't know, man. I saw it on, as a Reddit post. You got to be an adult and find the picture yourself <sighs> if you want to look at it in real oh, time. Oh, it's not. Ooh, he's a potato. Oh, no. Oh. But we have like the same chest shape with the jutting out ribs. It's called a barrel chest. Yeah, you got to work on your titties. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you can. I mean, you can look better than he does. Yeah. Or than I do, but it's it's always a defect, the barrel chest. No, you can... It's not a good quality. Got to lift. You no, because it's not the titties I'm talking about, man. It's the way the rib cage comes out underneath. Yeah, but if you it's work... It's bigger than most people's. Yeah, but if you work your shoulders and your chest, then it, it can taper. It can, you know, you can visually taper. Not as much as other people can, is what I'm telling you. You can try that. And it will work to some degree. Yeah. But you're always going to have a weird bony structure. You see this with St. Rogi, too. He has this problem. Well, Except he's small. He's just short. Yeah. He's just a little squatman. He's just compact. I have pointy ribs. No, you don't. They're there. No, no, you don't. But they narrow, they taper like a normal human. Yeah, they yeah. taper down. They don't stick out. Right. Yeah. But Elon Musk has that. I have that. Yeah. When, and, you know, if it wasn't for my luscious Mediterranean skin, you I would, would look be like a potato. 90% to Musk already. Mm. And I'm not. Well. Yeah. Mm. I mean, mm, we're saying nice things, so I'm just going to keep my mouth closed. <laughs> that hurts so much more to withhold it after a prolonged silence. Do you really like want to know too. what it is? I don't really want to mm. know. I mean, actually, I do, but I don't want you to say, I don't want you to make me feel bad on the podcast. Why? Why would you do that? Uh, for shits and giggles. <laughs> you know, it's you know, it's one thing. I'm working on being nice. It's one thing. But when I you still have to say that I was thinking bad things. It's one thing when you take jabs at each other. Yeah. But now that you're like a jacked man and you go to the gym all the time and it's so much a part of your lifestyle and you're legitimately looking better, it becomes mean. I know. You realize it sucks. That. Oh. You can't be one of these people that's like mean to out of shape people now that you're an in shape person. That's a really bad look. I still don't have hair. It doesn't matter. You don't get like an equilibrium card? No, I don't think so. Oh. A lot of people don't have hair. You hmm. know? And the thing about the hair is it's kind of a funny joke because it's genetic. I mean, there's just nothing you can't can do, do anything. about yeah. it. There's, there's nothing to be done. But the right. body shaming jokes, <sighs> I can't believe I'm standing up for the libs right now. I know. I'm being body are you, shamed. Are you defending Lizzo right now? And you're right just now? over there smirking and I can't stand <laughs> it. I can't stand it. I mean, it's kind of true. You can't be like, hey, fatty, like when you're like, but I was just several months ago a fatty. Yeah. 
I mean, if I just eat like horribly for two days, I become fatty. Because I bloat up real quick. That's true of everybody. Yeah. 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 You're like also just lucky. Balloon. Like I think you're very lucky. We talked about it one other time that you have a fast metabolism. You always have, <sighs> and you still do, and that's not true for everyone. That it, makes your gains come fast. It's slowed down, but you have to like sometimes you know mm-hmm. rev the engine a little bit, and then it, it turns on again. Yeah, I'm just self-conscious right now because when we were in D.C. over the weekend, we have a lot of pictures of ourselves, uh-huh. more than I would usually have. Uh-huh. And my proportions are just so fucked up. My legs are so fucking long. Yeah. My arms are so fucking long. And my torso is so fucking short. Yeah. So when I gain any weight at all, it only goes to the middle. It doesn't go to the extremities at all. Right. And it looks fucking psychotic. I look like a gray. That's why you have to work on the other things to balance it out. I understand that. I know that. You can't be like, I love biking and then have, you know stock legs that are like ham hocks you know and then just belly and then little arms you gotta no i know you gotta work on this i understand you gotta get the proportions in line i I get it i get it i know it's not that hard you only need to do 45 minutes don't give me advice (laughs) stop it i don't like this. if i can do it here's the thing if i can do it that's that's a bad sign you know well yeah i mean in in a way it it makes me feel worse yes it shouldn't I'm a low bar for entry. Like, if I can, you know, commit to the bit and continue, that's... Your ability to run really saves you. I don't run as much anymore. Well, you're just lifting now. But you had to run to cut the weight. And that's the most efficient way to do it. If you you can't tolerate the running, it's not going to come off quickly. I only really, like, lost it when I did the grandma section. The 30-minute grandma Mm -hmm. section. That's when things started uh, moving and shaking, you know? Yeah, no, I know. But it's been a while. I never thought you would stick with it. I know. I also promised myself that we would stop talking about the gym and I stuff. I know, yeah. But, hey, here you we are. You brought it up. I, I know, I, because I'm incredibly self-conscious about it. I don't like taking pictures with a more fit person. I look, My hips looked huge. Your hips? That's it, not but, where I was going with this, but okay. What? Yeah, in the picture, like, down up, I was like, ooh, hips, hips bad. Because I don't know how to stand. Yeah, me neither. I, so I, have I bad jut posture. out and I'm like, oh. No, I know. And I, I think the hips, what the fuck? The new lenses on the iPhone that fisheye everything a little it. bit are yeah. not generous to anyone. No. It's really a horrible system. Did you use for the reverse pictures. camera or the straight head? I used the reverse oh, camera, fuck. which fisheyes everything even harder. Damn it. Yeah, you got to mirror it. It's the only reason you can frame something like that from that distance. Right. But uh, yeah, it doesn't look good. And yes, you probably should mirror it. Right. Except we couldn't do that because there was writing in it. Oh, that's true. Two kinds of writing. Lots of writing. Yeah. So much writing. So much writing. But anyway, that's not what we're here to discuss. No. We're talking America on this episode. We're talking about the worst country on earth. We're talking about the imperial core of the imperial core. We're talking about a place that makes no sense. Yeah. Will's baby's first trip to D.C. Baby don't like it. Hang on. Is that, I don't think that's fair. <laughs> Baby baby enjoyed it. Baby did not un- understand how a city is built so poorly. Uh, you have that uh, criticism of everywhere that isn't New York. This is true. You see a non-grid and you're like, this sucks. This is a fucking dumpster I can't fire. wait until you see Europe, where there just isn't that. There is no grid anywhere. I know. At least it'll be charming. But really, the only city in the whole world that has it is New York. I know. I love grids. And it's not that great. Grids suck. They're boring, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Easier to navigate. Yeah. Boring. No Uh, charm. Not uh, that DC has charm. It definitely does not. mm. You mean being in the light? Parts of it do. Uh, 
You know, we really we went for one day. Yeah. We really needed two whole days because I think a second day of you going and seeing like the little charming zones. I don't huh. think it would have sold you on the city, but I think you would have a different impression of it because you only saw the area around the National Mall on and, a Saturday, and then like some sketchy suburbs driving in. R- the suburbs didn't seem sketchy. They look cute. I mean, they just look like American suburbs, though, is what I mean. Um, you know, more or less strip malls, more or less. Oh, those parts. Ill-maintained yeah. roads, more or less gas stations. I mean, I like the cute know. roads, like leading up to like the mall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's With what the I'm colorful houses. About. That was charming. The area where the embassies are and yeah. where the colleges are and stuff. Yeah, you know, real pretty. It's a little. It's a little more pretty, but anyway, first order of business and uh-huh. most pressing. We got to talk about Burger King breakfast. Because <laughs> that was an absolute revelation to me. That that blew your blew your mind. It really did. Huh. Because I'm staunchly anti Burger King. Oh God. You okay then? Excuse me. I'm staunchly anti Burger King. I also think we totally got COVID because I'm not feeling great. Well, you uh, probably psyched yourself into getting it, which is a yeah, topic probably. we can discuss. Yeah. Um, but let's talk BK. But I didn't get it because I have the sweet sweet immunity still because huh. I just had it. That's true. And even if I don't, I didn't get it. I don't care. I'm not taking a test. Even if I feel sick, I'm going to work. I'm going in public. Suck it. <laughs> um, BK breakfast. Yeah. I'm staunchly anti-Burger King, but for reasons, because is good. for some reason, the entire New Jersey Turnpike is now colonized by Burger King. I feel like they won all the McDonald's contracts or something like after... They were up. It, feels, it used to all be McDonald's. It feels like them and Chick-fil-A somehow managed to corner the market. Yeah. On the on all the rest stops. I don't understand this. But Chick-fil-A, that's not bad, except on weekends you only get it 50% of the time, which is bad. Well, think about how many Subway restaurants used to live in those places and all went bankrupt or out of business. Did they really? They closed at like, a, like 500 stores. Wow. Because there were too many of them. They used to have the, more stores than Starbucks. Yeah. Like, they were Subway everywhere. was yeah. the number one store in America. Uh huh. Yeah. But, you know, diddle a couple kids or have some sketchy things on your computer. and You think it was Jared that brought them down? Jared brought them down. I don't think so. Mm. I think they were, you know, that was many years ago now, man. And Subway was riding high for a while. I, I don't think Jared impacted them that much. I think it was a combo of a little Jared residue um, and the way that they, like, build their uh, contracts was unscrupulous i'm sure it had more to do with the latter yeah i think they skated on the whole jared thing that was before um you know pedophile pedophilia by well-known figures was, was a in the rage issue. yeah it was in the in the that public was just mind. like oh whoa that's weird that guy yeah hmm. he seems like one so everyone just accepted it they were like how could subway know you see a guy like that on the street hmm. 80 20 probably a pedo <laughs> we're not getting to the point of the story though. the point of the story is that we had to stop at burger king because yes, there were no other options. There was no other options. And it was early, early in the morning. We got up at 5 in the morning. 5.30. And Don't left the house. People. So we were actually having breakfast. And Burger King was the only option. And, you know, you kind of threw it out there casually. Because I have a feeling you have some prior experience. Oh, I 100% did. You were like, you know, Chris Sandwiches. And I was like, oh, okay. That's not bad. Because if the option is that or Dunkin' Donuts. And Dunkin' Donuts has a mile-long line. Ain't nobody fucking with. Dunkin'. I'm gonna get the yeah. same basic thing at Burger King, so yeah, I'll let the moratorium go and we'll try it out. And it turns out, fucking delicious. Yeah, my sausage, egg, and cheese, Chris sandwich, delicious. The eggs, bright, fluffy, fluffy, very fluffy. Tasted like real food. Decent croissant, as far as fast food goes. Mm. 
depends. Already. I should have got bacon or ham instead of sausage. You yeah, got sausage. the ham. Ham is... But it was delicious. It was well-balanced. I highly recommend it. The tater tots were also not bad. And the real kicker, the coffee at Burger King. It was good. Not bad. Really? Yeah. Better yeah. than Dunkin' Donuts. Huh. So many people have a hard-on for Dunkin' Donuts, but that coffee sucks. It's Let's bad. be honest. It's, it's very bad. some of the worst. It, It's watery, but somehow bitter. And now, I haven't had too much fast food coffee, but I would certainly put it above McDonald's. It's bad. That's bad. Which is bad and yeah. always like burned. Tastes like metal, kind of. It tastes like the bag that it came out of. Yeah. Because it's not even brewed. But this coffee tasted like coffee. Huh. And it was dark and not watery, even though I put a ton of ice in it. That's wild. That was also the critical move. No iced coffee at Burger King, but get a cup for ice, you get two coffees for one. Okay, that's your Midwest jumping out real hard right All there. around, it was absolutely worth my seven fifty nine or whatever it costs. Yeah. It was a great deal. It was really delicious. It was a good start to the trip, I have to say. It brightened up my mood. It's hard to be up at 5.30 in the morning and be like, yeah, fuck yeah. But. BK saved the day. BK saved the day. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean, I growing up, I would have that like every other Monday morning in the summertime. With, like my grandpa would come back like from golf or whatever and be like i got burger king breakfast i'm like yes wow i wasn't really expecting like a sensitive childhood memory i thought it was going to be more like i slammed one in my face on the way to work every once in a while no four years ago oh no 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 (laughs) no those i mean that's why like when i opened i was like ooh, small because they used to be like croissant size like a bakery croissant huge giant bitches this that, was petite. This was pre-supersize me, I'm imagining, when all of yeah. the fast food restaurants got in a little trouble for everything being 3,500 calories. Maybe, but also, oh, and the ham was thicker, too. This was just like deli meat ham. I was like, oh. Eh, huh. Declining standards everywhere, man. It I probably know. legitimately used to be better. I know. Yeah. It did taste like food, though. Yeah, close enough. It was a close enough approximation to food where, like, I'm not going to, like, feel terrible in about 45 minutes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. is... That's the gamble. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. On the turnpike. That's right. So. Mm-hmm. And then we arrive in Washington, D.C. several hours later. And yeah. we, we went straight to the National Gallery, right? That was the first thing we did. Yes. Which I think turned out w- to be the best thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I've been there before, but, you know, hazy memories. And it's a great museum. I'm really curious about what your impressions of it overall and in particular were. Because you're a museum aficionado, so I know you're going to have things to say about the architecture and the layout. It's not... mm. But then I want to hear about the collection from your perspective. I mean, granted, like, half of it was closed. Or a quarter of it was closed. I'd say a quarter of it, yeah. You know? And they were hiding some of the, like... You know, what did we see? A Tintoretto, like, behind a rolling wall that I was like... Can I just roll this wall and, like, jump jump in there real quick? Yeah, DC kind of seems like a free-for-all where you could kind of do that and get away with it. Yeah, or you're going to get sniped. Either you one. know what I mean? It's yeah. it's like it's this weird sensation of everything is super high security, but you can also just walk in. Yeah, it's very strange. It's a weird dynamic. They don't really regulate you until after the fact. We'll get there to that point. Yeah. Um, I think what we missed there, it seemed like the Italian. section that was fifteen hundred to seventeen hundred was almost completely. We gone. missed a lot of Italian painting. We did, and we missed a, we missed a lot else too. Like I think that they had like more Rembrandts than they had the the two that were up were not the 16th century was not well represented no Caravaggio was missing yeah you know a lot of like uh Baroque art was not not there yeah Yeah. which is kind of a bummer it is a bummer no Raphael only one Poussin there was there was a lot of 
real good stuff that I'm sure there they... were two Pusan. Oh, okay, I only remember one, but maybe only one. Regardless, that era was clearly very missing. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like okay, fine, whatever. Um, but you know it. The layout is fun. Like, it makes no sense to walk in and then go, okay, but straight ahead is a cafe, and I don't want to do that. And they're like, oh, you just have to, like, turn a corner. I'm like, but where's the... This looks like a dead end. And they're like, no, just turn right. And I'm like, oh, I see the rest of it now. All right, I'm going there. Thank you. Like, because I literally just walked in the coach and I was like, hi, what? And they were like, are you confused? I'm like, yes. Why? What? They're like, just here's a map, and they like explained how to read a map, and I was like, don't don't do this to me. Oh yeah, thing. we have more to say about don't map pander, reading. don't pander me, <laughs> fuck you, um, don't pander to me. I can read a schematic, thank you so much. Just tell me where I am, and I'll figure it out. Reader, I didn't figure it out, um, but like it does dump you into like the greatest hits hall, which is kind of nice. Well, they dump you into furniture, which no one ever wants to be, um, but then you're in greatest hits lane. You're like. You want a Vermeer? We got it. You want a Rembrandt? We got it. We got we got your good shit right here. Yeah. But it, that also seemed like a thoroughfare. It didn't seem like proper gallery. It was a little weird. You know? Yeah. Uh, uh, that was a little that weird. Was a, that was like a through way. That wasn't a I, gallery. I have a feeling a lot of, again, a lot of this was a consequence of the closures. I think they rearranged shit a little bit so that star get... items could still be there. Right. But not in the gallery they're usually in. That's yeah. what it felt like to me. They didn't feel like cohesive stories or like time periods no which i have to imagine that they're not really i was thinking about this i don't know the history of the national gallery of art but i it's not an establishment that's private right like not that the met is either or all museums are but like usually they're uh the residue of collections of people of largesse right they are essentially based on private money most of the time i mean there are a lot of melon collection a yeah. lot of vanderbilt a lot of whitney a lot of carnegie's like all the greatest hits at the met like they're just tossing that shit all over the place but then there's also like collection of the corcoran that was decimated you know yeah like, yeah like they were just getting a lot from everywhere i just have a feeling that by the nature of it being like a federal government enterprise that their curation doesn't follow the same rules exactly as the met and also because they're not in New York where the market is, I don't think they're under the same pressure to uh, necessarily have blockbuster shows, to necessarily collect hmm. in a way that's directed towards money. Right. I think a lot of that stuff has just been in the collection since this thing started. Probably during the New Deal or the Teddy yeah. Roosevelt administration. I imagine it's one of those two guys that got this started. There may have been a National Gallery of Art prior to that that was just like a provincial American portraits of John Adams or whatever. Well, that's why they have all that one guy. They have a lot of uh, Gilbert Stewart yeah. and like Joshua Reynolds and... Uh, English painter, though. Yeah, but he painted a lot of Americans. Mm. Like um, Americans during the Revolutionary Period were getting their portraits painted by British people. Oh. You know? Well, they were the only people who knew how to paint. That's true, yeah. You know. Yeah, anytime you walk into an uh, American gallery of art prior to the 20th century, potato people. You're just walking into like some faux naive nonsense. It's Wild. Almost always bad. Or like war paintings that are like fine. You know what They're I mean? They're decent. They're not great. Yeah. I don't even know who painted Washington Crossing the Delaware, but like things like that that are yeah. essentially iconic as kitsch and th- right. have very little value as like uh painterly art. Right. 
But anyway, yeah. So like, I just think that the collection is a little bit different because it is very much a greatest hits thing. They don't try to fill in gaps with obscure people too much. Mm, they no. they don't really have like the money or the space to even do that. They have the space. There's so much space, badly utilized. I would I would argue that I like it. Like oh. it's it's a building the scale of the Met with a third as much art in it. Insane. To which me. kind of which I kind of like because you know we were talking a little bit about the way it's like labeled and the way it's hung. It's spacious for everything. There's no overly didactic information all over the place. You have to go in there and you just appreciate the things as they are. And if you don't know the story behind them or you're not familiar with you're just kind of stuck with actually looking at the work. You're like raw dogging, you know, all of art history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I'm here for it because I'm like, no one needs to tell me anymore. Than, no, I'm not. No. Just tell me when it was made, how big, it, how big this is, and let's keep it pumping. Like I don't, I don't need all this shit. Um, and the examples that they have are of a fairly high caliber. Like it's surprising yeah. how often you walk around and you're like, "Oh, that's the famous Boucher," or "Oh, it's that Rembrandt self-portrait," right? Or "Oh my god, like that painting of Napoleon, the, the Chardin, David painting, the bigger Chardin, the of bigger the, Chardin." Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's all these paintings in there that I'm like, "Oh yeah, I've seen that in like books and posters, right?" Ad nauseum. And you're like, "Oh yeah, that's here." Yeah, the Manets are all good. The Manets are very good. Um, that hat one is a banger. You know, I think with Manet, I, I don't think the quality of the Manets there were as good, but they're more interesting because they're obscure. Which you kind of want. You're like, oh, this big group scene of a funeral or whatever. Like, what is this? Never seen this one. Oh. You know? Big group scene of a funeral? It was something like that. It was a big group scene of like a party or a funeral. Yeah, the party hat. Yeah. I don't know. There were, there were toots in it. There's no funeral. Okay, I mean, I didn't look at it that closely, obviously. But what I'm saying is you don't see that Manet on the cover of books. It's not all over right, the place. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like uh, it's not like the guitar player. It's not like the Jesus painting. It's not like Luncheon on the Grass. Yeah. You're getting these kind of, like, just as substantive in terms of, like, scale and style, uh, but weird and different. Yeah, yeah. It, it, It's a punchy... That one's a punchy one because of the... It, it's just... It's got so much, like geometry and the way that the hats all line up and tipping all that kind of nonsense you know so in terms of that oeuvre it's it's pretty nice to see you know um but i don't like a museum with multiple wings that you have to cross a channel for don't love it don't love it get it all in one building i don't need to be doing this oh see you're referring to the east building which is where all the modern art is yeah i kind of don't mind that I made the mistake on our last episode of affiliating that with the Hirschhorn mm-hmm. as an annex of that place because technically the Hirschhorn's the modern art museum. Yeah. It's more like a contemporary art museum. Yeah, that's like a Kunsthalle. Yeah. Um it's not, But anyway, I like I like that it's just sort of a separate building with its own thing. I don't think it needs to all be in one building. Oh. It's sort of more I I mean I don't I don't care either way. I don't have a strong feeling about this, but like, you know, it doesn't bother me that you kind of go to a separate area and you're like, "Okay, I'm in a separate kind of art viewing space. It's not as regal. It's new, you know, yeah. a little new and neutralish yeah. where this art belongs, you know." Right. I mean, I don't mind that, but it just is like wings shouldn't be like having to go through a Leo Villarreal, you know? Don't subject me to that. I don't know. They got to do something for the tourists, I guess. or at least the you know, 
the museum people feel like they need they to. need a like yeah. you're going into the future yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and, like, and who knows that tunnel might have been built in the 60s when they built that wing and at the time it was a very like twa you know innovation and people right. thought it was cool i don't know yeah i know who knows you can't judge these things too too harshly well you asked me to so yeah okay fair enough uh, yeah that's okay I don't want to let it pass before we leave the uh, the old wing. No. It's really cool how much uh, art that you can't see except for in Europe is there. What do you mean? Bosch. Oh, yeah, it's uh, wild. Da Vinci. The Jesus panel paintings, bangers, all of them. Some Byzantine paintings from Ooh, the baby. 1200s that are awesome. Yeah. Ooh! The master of the urban, oh, whatever the fuck it's called. Uh, b- basically, it's anonymous, and they always just tack on master of some location. But that one, yeah. it's it's a gray building with like pink and black stripes on it. Like that's a that's a that's a banger that I've only like you know heard of or like read about a little bit of like this one's a banger, and you're like ooh, you know when you're like a little nineteen year old and you're like it's got stripes, ooh, and you're like it is, and then you see it in person, and you're like oh it is like wild spatially as a thing, yeah. Like, well, uh, well, and the condition of the paintings there is really good. I don't, really good, yeah. I don't know what accounts for that, but it's like closer to the Frick collection than to the Met. Like everything at the Met, the the more time goes on, I'm like everything there is busted. Everything looks like shit. They need a. It's g- dirty they all and need cracking, a good and it's cleaning. too humid in there, or whatever, and it's yeah. fucking everything up. But when you go to other museums and you're like, oh my god, these like actually stay. They look the way they're supposed they, to. The way they should, yeah. And the, and with older paintings like that, anything before the 15th century, when it's in good shape and you see it that way, and it right. doesn't have like the patina of an artifact, and it right. is really alive, but it's like 700 years old, or like those Byzantine paintings are like 800 years old crazy stuff Long, they're older than that no they were from like the 1290s oh those well. paintings 1280s and 90s um which is very old for a portable style painting right i mean you once you get any older than that you are only dealing with like mosaics frescoes uh well you're dealing with al- altar pieces it. that were never supposed to remove maybe yeah yeah, but again, like murals, you know. Yeah, not, you're it's not, like polychrome sculpture. At that things point, yeah. that move start around them. Speaking of, they're polychrome, polychrome sculpture carvings, bananas. Yeah, they have more than I've ever seen in one place. It was like four, and I was like, these are wild. There was looking. more than four. Well, I mean, some of them were not that old. Yeah, by the standards we were just talking about, right. but like they had. I mean, I think they had closer to ten or something because there was oh. a bunch from like the 18th century that were like that. Hmm. Um, 17th, 16th century, even a little older. But yeah, like I said to you, like the polychrome sculptures are cool to me to see, but from a contemporary perspective, I always have a hard time taking them seriously because to me they just They're look, goofy as fuck. They look like mannequins. Yeah. It's hard to look at that and be like, oh, that's like artful. It or they like, look like a Jeff Koons. It looks like Disney Kitsch. It, like the simulation of these exactly. The simulation of these things has taken over and it's hard to be like that was art. That was cool, yeah. The the yeah. idea that, you know, got passed down through misinterpretation that white marble was the way that all sculptures looked for all time. Right. Unfortunately, I'm just stuck in my own head with that. I can't. Well, it makes me want to go see like the show at the Met. I think it's up at the Met. The, like they recreate like a, a version of the sculpture, but they paint it. Dude, I was just talking about this with someone that saw it and that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I kind of want to see it, but I think it's just going to look like a candy store. 
It's definitely a gimmick. It's yeah. just for novelty, but I still think that's kind of cool, especially when it's in contrast to the de- degraded yeah. version. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. I always like things like that. Yeah. Because that, that way the simulation plays off the like aged thing. I don't know. Yeah. Um. It reminds me a little bit, frankly, of like the Harvard murals that we went to see and ended up missing. Right. Like it's sort of a conservation technique where you just make a simulation in, instead of trying to fix. Right. Which I think is a good idea, like from a history perspective, and also just looks cool. Well, you also like can't like re repaint sculpture because it's already been written about as like as is because it's an artifact at the end of the day. You don't yeah. fuck with an artifact. You can make a copy and then be like here you go this is what it is like i'm like "Mm, interesting well and i think it's an interesting time to be doing that with sculpture too because i think like recent developments in the last 15 or 20 years where things like lidar and like 3d scanning and things have gotten cheaper um it's made it actually possible to make these replicas without like in enlisting the help of like craftsmen and effectively it's made it cheaper right and they can actually do that like 3d print that up or like make an armature and then have somebody quickly do it in clay or whatever that um, makes the accuracy better and, and it just like more attainable. Right. I don't think this is like could have happened in the 90s. I don't no, think so. No, because it would have been like too like, that would look real crafty. Or you'd have an entire show of like Greek sculpture and they might do it for one. Right. But now you can I, just 3D print this bullshit and call it a day. Yeah, now they, they can do it with anything, which is cool. And I, I guess in that show there's also, um, I wasn't quite clear where this person was talking about in the Met. I couldn't wrap my head around it. But on one of the like facades, Egypt one or something, they did the Harvard projection style thing and colorized it. Oh, with projectors, that's cool. which sounds cool too. So yeah, we should go see that show and talk about yeah. that because uh, interesting idea. Still up, cool stuff. Yeah. Oh. Um. Anyway, any any more National Gallery stuff? How about the East Wing, the modern stuff? I mean. Once you said, like, oh, there's a giant Ellsworth Kelly, and I was like, oh, yeah, the big one, and then it was down. I was like, son of a bitch. Where is it? That's yeah, got to be somewhere. We kind of breezed by it before. I don't think it's on loan. I think it's because everything is doing construction. Oh, right, right, right. Every museum we went to is doing construction. So I think something that is in an area where it could even potentially get dusty gets taken down. Right. Or where they have to move machinery at, at night or whatever. Yeah, I, I don't think that that goes on loan anywhere. I don't know where you could you show it. It's Germany. You, you know, maybe in Germany, yeah. It's um, like 80 by 100 feet. It's I big. Know, it's huge. Yeah. Um, but no, we talked about, when we were there, there was the realization of they, all these institutions went four years without, essentially without funding. And f- think of furloughs for two years and no one really working. Like, everybody's just like, fuck, the public's out. Clean. Everybody clean. Start construction. Do it now. Well, and you made the interesting point related to that, that they're like, okay, we have a democratic administration that might not be giving us money, but at the very least isn't taking it from us. So we right. have to use our budget now right. because in two years it's going down. Yeah, probably, And like yeah. that, that vibe is palpable. It's oh, like yeah, really, yeah. you can tell that the, the Washington DC is hustling to, to get, get all their everything done. Yeah. yeah. It, yeah. It, it, it's palpable. I don't know. The palpable nature of that is a little wild. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what did you think of the Barnett Newmans? I kind of want to start there because I thought you would really. Appreciate you want to go to that. church? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, the Barneys were fine. I, I, I kind of have less to think about with the Barneys because all it did is kind of rack my, rack my brain, my little Catholic brain of what are the what are the numbers of the stations? What was happening then? And I was like trying to figure it out, and I was like, oh, this is a wasted 
fucking yeah, thing. the Barnett Newman series is Stations of the Cross. Yeah. for those listening. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, it's Stations plus one plus an extra painting. Yeah, he had like an epilogue sort sort of painting with a separate title, but that still goes with it's orange paint. The only paint one with color. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know what he was doing there. Doesn't make sense, and they kind of hide it right by the door. And I'm like, did we not want to put this up? Um. You know, that's interesting. I don't have the Catholic background that you have, but my brain has never jumped to that. To me, I always felt like Stations of the Cross was like along the lines of all of his titling, like Via Heroic, His Sublimus, where it's just like melodramatic. And I never even assumed that it really had anything to do with it. It kind of does. Other than as a way to structure the series numerically and with rhythm. But well, like, but there's a color shift, and I think the color shift where it goes from black zips and fields to the white is like the... You know, Jesus dies on the cross station, which it was. There's the, it, one gray one as well. That's so the I end. wonder what that's about. That's the last one. The white and gray one? No, there's one gray and beige one. Because these are all on raw canvas, by the way. So they're either white, black, or gray. Which, honestly, in the wildest perfect condition. Yeah, they look amazing. They really I'm do. I'm like, how? Because you would think it would yellow and be like fucked up. They're not. No, they And they're in a good. skylight. Like, I was like, these should be baked and cooked. And they're they're looking good. Yeah, I, I would imagine at some point in the past they went through extensive conservation to like stabilize the color of the canvas and things like that. I, I, although right. I don't know, uh, there's some that were like whatever was like in the canvas had like fallen down, like like some kind of like dirt in the weave. There's like some red. Dropping. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I was looking at that too, and I was wondering if that was just um, artifacts of them being sized, or like he was he used water on the canvas that wasn't distilled, you know. That's actually kind of what it looked like to me. Or the canvas itself had defects that then discolored the fabrics around it. Maybe. That was interesting. But it, there was gravitation. It looked like it happened after. It, do, it did look like... there were gravitational drops on them. I'm not disagreeing. It, it looked like it happened over time. Right. But I wonder if it was just invisible for like 50 years. Yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. And it just comes up to the surface. and then But it looks kind of natural and doesn't look bad. I don't know. It doesn't... I don't mind it. When things get patina, they look good, kind of. Well, it's weird to have... You know, it's strange to have like a, you know, essentially an unpainted surface patina mm-hmm. in such a very specific way. Yeah, totally. Um, There's not a lot of opportunity to see that in other paintings, you know. No. Um, it's also interesting for Barney to have been, uh, it was later in his life, so he was approaching his like real minimalist phase. But to just see the raw canvas with one color from him is like, if somebody was making a career out of ripping off Barnett Newman right now, they would be doing exactly that. There are people who try. Because it's like yeah. a clever trick, yeah. you know? And usually the abstract expressionist era, they weren't, like, clever. You know, they, no, they like, yeah. started with a canvas and painted with a brush. It was, like, very simple. Right. It, but this is, like, economical in a way that is kind of cool. Like, these paintings were clearly made in, like, five minutes. Knowing that man, he had to wheeze like a fucking bulldog to get that one zip down. That's true. That took... Probably three years. <laughs> yeah, some of them actually were dated like that. I know the thing that which gets, is insane. The thing that gets me. So you're in this thing and you're trying to like see this field because the you know if you walk in from the it's set up where there's doors to the outdoors and then you kind of it opens up into like a diamond shaped room essentially. So you can see the whole thing you know in one line with your periphery. But that motherfucker, egotistical little giant fupa man had to sign everything so fucking large and you're like my guy this is supposed to be like solemn and minimal according to you and you're just slapping your fucking name on it you know what's funny though i, I man i latched onto the signatures too 
I oh, feel, I feel it got like, me on this one. I was like, ooh. I feel a little bad for our listeners right now because we're like, we're talking, we're nerding out about like conservation things and signatures. But hey, this is what painters look at. Deal with it. I, uh, listen, the, you go there and you have the same quibbles. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, yeah, I was looking at the signatures too. And it was fascinating to me because he did not sign all of them. The ones he did sign, he signed like a fucking toddler on a diagonal, but like a moron. Si- but no, he signed them really small and really carefully. Like his full name, not B. Newman, not just Newman. No, it's full Barnett, Barnett with the, like, Newman with the year in this like kind of nice handwriting. It's not quite cursive, not quite print. You are not anyone who can judge handwriting. My handwriting is bad. That's why I can tell you this looks nice. It looked a little, It was very. it's very staccato, very narrow. It's very small, yeah. Which is weird. And and he yeah he would sign the paintings and like it didn't bother me I was like I kind of like that as a feature of some of them and the fact that you only did it on some of them makes it feel like a choice and and yeah. like like sometimes the space needs a little reminder that it's not so dramatic I wonder if Betty was like dude what the fuck are you doing it felt like a wink and a nod I don't know I also you know I just had this little idiot thought where do you think the zips came from him having to you know, every time he had to write his name in cursive or whatever, because thinking about how tight and narrow that is, the double T are two zips. Oh, that's true. Yeah. So, like, there's some kind of, like, visual attachment to those, lo- like, those verticals, those hard verticals. Yeah, maybe. You never know. I I, I always Reaching? think... I oh, always well. think things like this are very interesting to consider, but I definitely think in the, like, hagiography hey, around artists, we give them too much credit. Right. Like I was reading about falling water. I was talking yeah. to you about it on the way home. And there's all of this discussion that falling water was named that not only because of the waterfall, but embedded in it is FLW. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, maybe, but probably not. Someone probably wrote a thesis on it and sound pass sounded passable. And it's just like you can make you can make patterns out of anything later. Right. And so it, that's an interesting observation, maybe. But like, I don't know. Hmm. Could you say that de Kooning had a fascination with slashy brushwork because he had a D and a K in his name? Like, you could do that with almost anything, you know? Yeah. It's not that hard to do that, make connections like that. But who knows? Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So what about Rothko? Because that's the other major room in the church. There's a there's a tower. They yeah. actually call it's it a tower, and the tower's peak is Rothko and Newman. Ooh. Ooh. Which is cool. Um, I think it was... It's a combo when you're, ex- uh, you know, I've said this before on here that the best time to see a Rothko is when you're absolutely fucking exhausted. Totally. A little hungry, a little tie tie. David Reed used to talk about going to museums and intentionally not eating first so that he would see art like deprived and he said yeah. it was better. And I basically agree with this. Yeah. You get more critical, but when you, you know. You get less too. Yes. You're letting you're more open to it, but you are also like a little mean. I'm just speaking speaking from experience. Speak for yourself, you know. Yeah. Um. But uh, the uh, I mean, I hate that it's called Rothko, the classic peer or the classic Rothko. I'm like, what is this a fucking FM radio station? What are we doing? Like even that, I'm like, take it away, take that sign. You have no signs anywhere else. Take this. Throw it in a dumpster. I don't want to see any of this. Right. Um, yeah, it's a little bit of a reach to try to classify that group of paintings as anything. They're just paintings they're between just, a certain year. If they have to give it a thing, it's just say like Rothko 1958 to 1965 or something. We're just called bangers because that's all they were. Yeah. Every single one a banger. Yeah. Um, eh, 
as far as museum lingo goes, being restrained and calling it like the classic period or the classic paintings. Yeah, that's what they're trying to say. I know. Just you call know. it bangers, though. That'd be fun with a Z for the TikTok <laughs> children. Um, I don't know. Are you selling NFTs or something? Yeah, absolutely. We're selling NFTs of Rothko's <laughs> just to really make me want to jump off a bridge. Anyway, um, no, I those hit like a ton of bricks um, because they are really good. They are some of the best examples. No one, the, also the joy is no one's really going up all the way in the turret. That's true. It's a tourist repellent. Which because I, fat Americans, they can't get up there. They can't do those stairs? Yeah. Fucking hard. Yeah. And they want to go hang out on, you know, with the blue cock outside. Yeah, that's true. They're not, they're like, oh, stainy paintings? I'm like, great, give, leave them to me. Yeah, they're boring to the hogs. Granted, like, there was a Russian family in there, and I was like, I know it's on the nose for you people. Just scoochies. You're you're both on phones. Come on. Get out so I can do yeah, this. Yeah, the amount of Euro cucks in D.C. is really impressive. Oh a lot. I heard very little English. It was very wild. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, literally almost cried it, like, three times. That's so funny. I'm so fascinated by your fascination with Rothko. It doesn't make any sense. It's really weird, because I don't think you, like, you know, it's not an artist that you do anything with. Like, you don't look to Rothko to, like, make paintings from. No. Um, but you always really appreciate seeing a good one. Yeah. Uh, and I think he's one of your favorites to see live. You know, yeah. I don't like if he if Rothko was a band, you uh, would go to all the shows, but you'd be like, their recorded material is not so good. Because it is true, you can't true, yeah. you can't look at a Rothko in a book. It doesn't matter. It doesn't work. Whatever it, that is, isn't the painting. It doesn't hit. Yeah. Like there's no graphic po- quality to them at all. So well, there's no scale. Scale is the thing that really gets you. Color too. I mean, yeah. Everything about those paintings is because they're a painting. Doesn't work. They're not images. They're just I, not. They're painting. I think that's why maybe they just work on me like in such an effective way. I'm like, you. Are, it is what it is. It is exactly what it is. It can only be a painting. It can't be an image on a phone. It can't be an image in a book. It ha- in order for it to work, it has to exist in a room with you. Yeah. And that's like the the epic of what painting is, right? Yeah. In in a perfect world. Yeah. It's a, it's yes. You know, that's not how they operate now. I understand that. For me, pardon me, when they're at their best, they just work on you and you don't know what, why, or how. Even though you know so much about it, there's still, like, some kind of, like, witchcraft that happens in that space. Yeah, I, um, it's the mythical element of Rothko. The, like, I almost cried element that I very rarely, if ever, have had with one of those. I have that more with Jackson Pollock than I have with Rothko. Yeah, those don't do it for me. And, you know, you can, you know, the listener can (laughs) put that in their pipe and smoke it for what it's worth because that makes total sense just between you and I, I guess. Like, if you had to to put us back in the New York school, if we're in the Cedar Bar, I'm going to want to talk to him and you're going to want to talk to him, probably. Yeah, he wouldn't be there, though, and I, neither yeah, would I. that's true. You that's know? right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like, it'd be like, you want to go? No. Yeah. No. But anyway, you know, like, w- one of those Rothkos was, uh, like, a sort of purple and, like, salmon-colored one that I said to you really impressed me because I didn't bother to look that deep into the technique because I didn't care, but it had a colorization that was, like, only possible through the layering of the paint. The one in the middle here? It w- yes. It was an unmixable color. 
Because normally you can look at any painting in any style and look at an area of color and go, oh, that's an interesting one. Like, I could figure out how to make that with the paints I have at home. Right. But no, that, no, 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 the no, way no. that color exists, it's only possible through the exact way that it's done. So along the lines of... This one is impossible to understand how that quality. works. Yeah, so we're looking at a Rothko that's sort of... Purple field on top of blackish. Top. Yeah, but it's like blue. It has a blue, like... Mm-hmm fluorescent undertone that like vibrates at you and i'm like how the fuck does this work like i don't know how it works you know i've never understood about rothko like how how, i guess it's just experience but like how did he know that a color laid out over that much space would behave that way because it's one thing to do like a test Right. Or to like mix a color and go, oh, this will work. And then like you put it up and it doesn't and you kind of adjust it. You fidget, yeah. But he like mostly gets it in one or two shots. And I'm like, how did you know that over like a 10 foot square area that this would operate like this? But I I've never gotten that. I don't think he did. It's hard to intuit. I don't think he did because it was all such like ga- gauzy color that all you would do is just like turp it out have a little bit of that residue do another one with more pigment and then just kind of build it and build it and build it like there's a point on so this is a different painting but there's like a black field and a white and there's a little red ish um you know you call it the background or whatever but in that field there are 12 different pigments in it because there was a study that like took samples of uh-huh. that little field because it, it does like vibrate green blue underneath the black. Like it looks turquoise, but then it's like against the orange and you're like, the fuck's going on here. So they like had to study and they're like, well, there's also so much like weird resin in it. That's doing a lot of this work. Like it is like, you know, witchy. It's a classic oil painter thing to do. Like try it out, wipe it out and then use the sort of mud as the basis for the right. next color. That's not a thing that exists in other mediums. Acrylic can't do that. No. Um encaustic is too additive for that. Like fresco you're painting into something wet already. You could right. never do it. Like watercolor doesn't work like that. No. Uh gouache picks up again it's like it's very specific to like classic oil painters that that's a possibility which is you know why colors can be that way and he was also using some weird like off off slash never made it to full market specialty shit that like they're like we don't even know what this and is. well he was doing weird shit like mixing the pigments with rabbit skin glue sometimes sometimes yeah. just using straight oil paint sometimes a mix of both things in weird orders like Part of the reason they fall apart and don't age well is that. Yeah. Um, but that's also got to have something to do with the quality of the color. Right. I always had a feeling that the rabbits can glue thing was to get it matte. Even more matte than Terp can do. And oh, to yeah. get it more even, too. Yeah. Because Terp and oils do that thing where they, they uh, much like a cast iron pan, they season unevenly if you're not really, really, really careful. Right. And if he's just slapping it on there with, like, he's like eight inch wide brushes sometimes. Not every time, but, like, they're fat. They're, they're house big, painters' yeah. brushes. Like, I, I think he was looking for a way to get the colors to kind of self-level yes. and not be patchy. Right. Unless he wanted it that way. But that's the other thing about him that's impressive. The use of texture is always really impressive. Like, some fields are deliberately brushy. Some are pretty, pretty flat. The some are crunchy, choices crunchy about bits. edges is yeah. weird. Sometimes they're more or less hard. A lot of the time they're scraggly. Sometimes it's a combination of the two, and it really matters to the color interaction. Right. But again, I can never get over. How did you know? How did, how did you know to do that? I don't know. It's a baffling decision. Simple decisions that are impossible to understand. 
Well, the one that like is the most affecting in that room is one that like has like the main form is the shape of a deep breath. There's Are you saying that metaphorically? What do you mean? Like it's just a, you know it's rec- rectilinear-ish, but there's no you know clear edge. It all just is like this slight darkness in the center in a in a rectangle, and it just the background washes over it, and then it pushes up through it, and you're just like, oh, that's that's a thing, right? That is a being in the world. I'm glad you expounded upon it because you say it's the shape of a deep breath so matter-of-factly, but by that you don't mean that it's shaped like a mouth. Yeah. You don't mean that it's like some sort of diagram. It it just... Is that. To you or to yeah. one, it is that, which is an incredible achievement, you know, when you can make it stick in somebody's head like exactly the kind of feeling that you're going for. Um, that only ever happens in novels, usually, right. where someone constructs a sentence that's this perfect articulation of a very atmospheric feeling. To be able to do it in paint without using any imagery at all is pretty incredible. Bonkers. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that, yeah. That's, that's, that's the one that got me. And then you look to the left and there's like carved a carved out section and then the heaviest yellow. And you're like, you know, it's like... What's it called? The resuscitation, where you like do the chest compression, um, like CPR. Yeah, it's a little yeah. bit like CPR. Yeah, you're just like, oh, getting punched in the gut. It's, um, yeah, I don't know. Barney did. Barney was not operating on that front. No, it's interesting. Yeah, you're right. I mean, no, because Barney, even though he doesn't, he has the similar avoidance of imagery. Still, just by using like vertical lines it's too elusive with an a yeah to the world rothko doesn't have that connection also they were too small i think barney's only work when they're fucking massive true too yeah they were schmedium and i was like this is nothing it's because he had smoked himself nearly to death and needed something he could move around yeah that like pug- i'm 90 percent sure yeah the pug why. couldn't get a you yeah. know 18 foot long canvas up on the wall mm-hmm. so Kids, yeah. stop smoking pipes or cigars. Maybe get pants that don't have a mile-long zipper. Yeah. Um, Maybe get the pants, but just start vaping. We're going to be moving around giant canvases well into our elder years. Popcorn lung be damned. Wow. Well, you see here, I picked up the 18-foot canvas. <laughs> <laughs> and then I uh, decided that I needed to find a brush, and it was needed to be about two inches wide. <gasps> like, oh, someone <clears throat> get the neti pot and go through it, go up in there. Um, yeah, I don't know. The like doubling show was fine. Yeah, their spe- their special exhibition was just a a Whitney a show. show around doubling. Yeah, which I didn't mind as a conceit. It was fine. Uh, you know, that's you get, up your alley. Though. Yeah, 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 it is. You get to see some Jasper Johns. You get to see some Via Selmans. It had a lot of artists in it that I really like. Stella, yeah. the most Magritte. F- the most fucked up Ronnie Horn in the entire life. There was so much Ronnie Horn. In a lot DC. of Ronnie Horn. A lot of Ronnie with Horn. Germans touching it. Well, oh yeah, we got to talk about that. I got accosted by a security guard for taking a picture of a Jasper Johns that was literally up at Philly or that was yes that I already have a picture of on my phone. Did you look it up and? confirm i didn't confirm it but i'm almost positive that i do that was just up in a show and for whatever reason there's no photography allowed of it probably collector requests or whatever but these motherfuckers they came up to me and said 
Did you take a picture of that? Yeah. You should have You're going to need to delete it and delete the deletion. Yeah. And I was like, okay. That was a step too far for me. Like, I'll delete it. But I didn't even know you could delete it. You're going to have to te- re-delete it. You're going to have to teach me how to do that. And they had to walk me through my own settings. How to permanently To find delete, recently yeah. deleted things and then made me delete it again. I couldn't believe it. Apple has that on there. So if you're like, mm, maybe that was a fire nude. I that, it, it, no, I, that's exactly why it's there. Yes, yeah. of course. Um, or someone sends you a nude and you're like, I'll do the ethical thing and delete it. But then you're like, mm, no, nah, we're committing that one to the bank. It's called the hidden folder. What the fuck is wrong with you people? <laughs> um, yeah, I. That was weird. To, I was like, this is insane. That's what I even said. Like, it's not for publication. So. Yeah, we had a conversation later that night about civil liberties that we don't need to rehash here because we've done it a million times. Yeah. But like, yeah. It, I mean, I never usually get on that train, but I, I was chugga chugga choo choo on that one. I was like, it's on your device, it's technically manipulated doesn't stand yeah 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 i mean forget about the legalese i mean it's just like hey you're you're treading on me and i'm in the nation's capital right now how dare you you don't want you don't want me to start climbing walls you don't want me to start talking about how i pay your salary <laughs> and there, that building over there that was recently stormed i'll go there again <sighs> Do you and i'm to- here to tell you 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. Yeah, do you want to tell everyone what you were wearing the entire day? Oh, I, I would love to, Will. Uh, my InfoWars t-shirt, I Hate Alex Jones, was a real hit in D.C. What's, among, what was the final tally of the... Uh, let's, let's take a look here. This was the bane of my existence the entire day, by the way. Yeah, so all day... I don't know why it's the bane of your existence. I mean, it was a joke that ended up being at my own expense. Yeah, you did it to yourself. Because, uh... So... This shirt was popular amongst people with no sense of irony at all. Oh, because no, 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 everyone no, no, no. that said something about it was like, I agree, or love your shirt. That's a great sentiment. You know, yeah. it was, there was not a single. It's because no one could see the back. Uh, well, that's the best part about the shirt. I was thinking about that all day. I was like, when I walk by and they turn around, then they'll get it. Oh, maybe. And they're not going to come back and say anything to you. Right. And just being polite to them is the perfect move. Because it's really going to throw their sense of reality off. But anyway, comments on the Alex Jones shirt. So we have... uh, First, I'll give the total. Let me do the math real quick. It was at least 12 people. It was 13 plus a little extra if you count the one woman's family. And the ones I didn't hear. But the way I was telling this, I was trying to make like phenotypes for everybody (laughs) that commented on this. So comments on the shirt. Two weak men, four big Biden energy dads... One potential info warrior, one gay man, one elderly lib, what one young man? black guy, one young wasp, one questionably gay Latino in a Microsoft Excel t-shirt, and one fat white trash woman and her family. <laughs> Plus the security guard who said, you, I hate Alex Jones. Come this way. He was just... He was the first one. No, the guy who opened the door. Oh, that's true. Handing out pamphlets. Literally the first person we encountered in an institution. And I was like... Fuck. He was one of the weak men, by the way. He was the weak man? He was one of the weak men. Why? Because he was just like a fragile... I, I feel... Look, I don't want to slag the guy. He was just guy. an old man. He was just... You could tell he was single, though. He goes home to a studio apartment and eats ramen. Wow. And pays for OnlyFans. Yeah, I could just... He had the vibe. I could tell. He watches MSNBC and doesn't realize Rachel Maddow is gay. I thought he was one of the people who came on the trucks that were parked outside. 
No, definitely he not. He seemed like one of those no, guys. No, 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 no. The security guard who was very boisterous, did not that like guy you. was a patriot. Oh. And he didn't understand the irony either. And it made him mad. Oh. Yeah. He didn't like the cut of my jib, that guy. He also, I could tell. He, he had it out for he me. He didn't like people. Because no. I just was like, do I go where you go? Because what? I do, do we check? Be-? And he's like, no, keep walking. I'm like, what? There's no signs. This is bad. Like... Well, you know, these unfireable people in government jobs, they're little kingdoming out. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're just there. That's their day sucks. They're dealing with tourists, but they don't have the the right energy. Right. They go home to rural Virginia. I guess. And then they're like these goddamn euros and city folk. And then they come in there and they're acting a fool. I mean, it, it. yeah, I will say the one thing like I I'm always a little weirded out by when I can't because there's so much security there. Yeah. It throws off my natural I own this bitch walk when I walk into a museum. Yeah, because you don't own it there. Like, I know. Except you technically do. I technically, 20% of my money. Um, you know, I usually just, I'm like, boom, everybody move. Um, and, you know, in New York, you do get a little bit of respect of like, oh, you know what you're doing? Continue, proceed. That's right, yeah. You know, we do that But here. there, they're like, no, no. They're like, no one, no, you don't get to walk fast here, faggot. And I mean. And I'm like, huh. After the Let day, me. after the day we had amongst the uh, glorious population of this wonderful nation, uh, can you blame them? No, I mean the every Americans people, are were on their worst behavior because you got to imagine it this way. First of all, tourists that come to New York City and do anything outside of Times Square and the Statue of Liberty have a different vibe. They're also a little richer. They're probably richer. They are probably also from a city themselves and are interested in city things. Right. People that go to Washington, D.C. and go to all these museums, they're only doing it because that's the only thing to do there is go to the monuments and go to the museums. That's the whole point of the whole goddamn place because everywhere else you're not allowed inside. And if you try to go inside, they're going to point a gun through a door and kill you. Oh, yeah. So, you know. Unless you're wearing a beaver hat and then they're going to not try to shoot you. And then they'll just put you in prison for 41 months. But, hey, Eh. you know, that was definitely a real problem that I'm super scared of. Um. <laughs> anyway, anyway, you know, so like, yeah, th- this is a crowd of people that s- are more comfortable at Six Flags. Oh yeah, and now they're in an art museum. I get why the security guards are a little snippy. I really do. Oh, I mean, there was the what was the what was the Afro Latino Connection show? What what was that? Oh, I don't know. You know, it had a terrible title. You, but some I was like, like Wandering Tides, African American, something like this. You know jam-packed with stuff and people don't know how to walk it was not laid out for people to walk through which i'm like this is a specialty exhibition like uh we got the old people and the walkers just not moving blocking all the traffic and for some reason they have the automated thing of you're standing too close to the exhibition please step away please step away and i'm like okay who's who's near it because i'm gonna slap you it's already loud like it was, it was very Disney in that way, and then you walk into the actual Smithsonian, and you're like, "Holy fuck, this is too many people!" Oh yeah, oh yeah. We we had some extra time on our hands, so we wandered over to the American Museum of Natural History, Smithsonian, Ooh, baby. Uh, that is truly an amusement park. It was intolerable. I mean, I like stuff like that. I like seeing dinosaur bones and cool minerals, and the Hope Diamond is fucking there. All this shit, I, I couldn't handle it. I'm usually pretty game for something like that, too. I mean, I'm from fucking Las Vegas. I like shit like this, okay? Uh But that was too insane. Uh Uh-uh. You know? 
The only comparable experience I've had to that in New York was the Bronx Zoo, and it was one quarter as bad. I feel... I've only ever had that, like, during holiday time, needing to walk from the train station to 17th and 5th through the the Christmas shops. Yeah, yeah. You know, when you're just like, ah, I just have to get through all the people. And it's, you're just like, the salmon are just slapping you in the face. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, oh my God, <laughs> what's exactly going on? What it's like. That's exactly what it's like. Bad. Yeah. But it's more chaotic. Like, at least even, like, salmon are moving in one direction, and it's, like, it, it's a complex system, but it's got no, an it underlying No, it was erratic. Order. It was, like, yeah. being swarmed by, like, locusts. Yeah, so I was like, oh, God. That's exactly right. You know, so we saw the Hope Diamond for one second, and it's way smaller than you imagine. Yeah. I got a cool picture of the T-Rex eating the Triceratops, Yeah, and we're out of there. But, yeah, you go to Air and Space, or you go to the Natural History Museum, and you're like, oh, okay, so the art museum isn't that bad. Because this is depravity. No wonder, given the value of the things in there, that the security guards are like, hey, Germans, cut it out. Yeah. Relax, you know. You want to talk about the reason why we actually went there? Oh, I mean, we can skip over it real quick. We went down there because I read about an exhibition uh, about Zen painting in Japan at the Uh National Museum of Asian Art. And we went to the National Museum of Asian Art, which was modest and fine in its way. The show was whatever... I didn't really get anything from it. Me neither. Couldn't couldn't tell you what it was. It's about. funny that we went to, all the way down there for that, and it was not that big of a deal. Yeah. You know, you, you see some nice screens, and you're like, okay, there's some cool brushwork in here. But I thought it would be more expansive. It wasn't. It was tiny. Um, the Whistlers. I thought the examples would be better. They weren't. And then yeah, mysteriously, the white guy ends up showing up. The whole bunch. They were great. Yeah, they were great. Whistlers Nocturnes, Ooh, which baby. I didn't know existed. So you're talking we're talking gray on gray. There's one here. in Philly at the PMA. It's really? a, like a Turk tea, like a Viridian tealy kind of like it looks like a monochrome and it's just like, you know, that's a great one. And then it's just a whole room of bigger ones. I was like, "Ooh, not unlike Rothko in a certain way without yeah. without all the drama, but like he does an, a great thing with color where you're like, wow, you're really getting these colors to vibrate in the way that light at dusk does. Works, yeah. That's very hard to do. Like Fucking anybody impossible. that's ever tried to make like a painting with a subtle, subtle color scheme. So hard. It, it's really hard to get that right vibration so that it produces light rather than absorbing it. Right. And those do that with like blacks and grays. And mm-hmm. that's... The supreme challenge. That's very hard to do. Like thalos are yeah. bouncing light all over the place, and you're like, what? Right, and it never quite descends into neutrality. It's still colorful it's without yeah. being monotone. It's very interesting stuff. And yeah. when you see, like, I always like seeing uh, 19th century paintings that are starting to fuck around with just, like, novel ideas. Uh-huh. You know? They're not quite impressionists yet. They don't have, like, a shtick. Right. But they're like, isn't it interesting to make something almost abstract? Yeah. You know? William uh, Mallard Turner is like the classic example of this, of someone that kind of broke it open with like using a palette knife and doing like crazy shit. The Turner at the National Gallery also, one of the two, stellar. They had a couple, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Turner, I think, in the transition period between like um, sort of academic painting and uh, his later work, which is really wild, Mm -hmm. is some of the best stuff because he has has the light and the sensitivity um, of like... A renaissance painter right with the like application process of like almost de kooning i mean his shit is crazier than impressionism oh yeah in terms of the way it's slapdash 
it's chonk. You don't and, like, reach that level of like finish again until like those 40, chunky yeah. saisons and then the forties. Yeah, yeah. It's I, so far ahead of its time. It's amazing. It's wa- it's yeah. baffling. Um, yeah, I don't know. That was. Yeah, they 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 have some greatest hits like the um, the fuck is his name? <sighs> Who's this man? Church. The light in that also just a wild looks like a light box, and it's a landscape yeah. of like a hazy river, but the sun is like you're like is that a light bulb? Did they yeah, put yeah. a light bulb on that? No. It's just really good. Yeah, it's just the color relationships. It's just really fucking good. Really amazing. I, I always loved about uh, Friedrich Church that those paintings are like really artificial in the oh, sense yeah. that they're constructed in the studio later from like sketches and oh, from yeah. memory. Yeah. So they don't represent real places at no. all. I mean, they do. They do. Ish. I, I don't think like the, the uh, plants are inaccurate or anything. We're not talking right. about like an Henri Rousseau. But yeah. like they are collages. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty amazing to me that you could sort of recapture the specificity of that kind of light from watercolors and from memory. Maybe some photographs, but they would have been black and white. Right. Like, it's so difficult to recapture light through your mind. I've tried to do this in the studio before, and I even have my phone with, like, pictures all over it. And, of course, the phone distorts, and you have to, like, try to correct for that and stuff. But I can never do it. No. I'm just not a good colorist in that way. I just can't do it. I don't know how that works. I always have to just start reacting to what you've actually done. Right. And rework your idea. I can't simulate. I think, like, the only way to do that would be to, like, actually, like, really quickly, like, make a still life painting just so you remember how to see that. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. But like, which he did. I mean, there's oil yeah. sketches. Yeah. That's what those are for. Yeah, it's more accurate color. Yeah, and then the watercolors kind of give you like tonality. You get the way that it casts and falls from the watercolor, and then you get the actual color scheme from the oil sketch. Right. Hopefully, maybe. I think. I mean, I'm just guessing. I've never painted in that fashion. Yeah, I don't know. I, how I do think that. I can extrapolate from how you might do that. Right. You know. Huh. Yeah. Um, we've gone a little long, but do you want to talk about the monuments at all? So we did an interesting oh, sure. thing, yeah. which was we went and walked around the National Mall in the sweltering heat yeah. amongst the, the hogs and the rabble. <sighs> so many hoggies. Um, you know, you got to see the Washington Monument a million times because we walked by it and by it and by it. Because there's no other way around. Mm-hmm. You have to just interact with it, unfortunately. And then we walked by World War II. Insane which, to me. Which is a horrible memorial. It's... We realized in real time that they, the whole thing about that memorial is that there's a, a post for all 50 states, and then there's two sort of like pavilion things that represent the Atlantic and the Pacific for each theater of the war. Uh-huh. However, the posts that are arranged in a circle of all 50 states move from west to east. Yeah, uh, yeah they do. 360 degrees. But the Atlantic side Has is the on the west side, yeah. and the Pacific side is on the east side. Which, uh-huh. Why? I'm sure there's some convoluted reason that they inverted it. But your suggestion was that, you know, this was finished during the W administration and that it was just an oops. Oh, oops. Oops moment. You know what? Someone threw a shoe and they got <laughs> confused and put the thing Which on way the is wrong north? Side. Which way is east? Yeah. I Nothing about it makes any sense. It doesn't no. look good. It's it's a horrible shame for the veterans of World War II that that's where they have to go. Wait, when you were looking up um, all falling, what you didn't look up like the 
origin of why it was like that? No, I mean, I would be, I should have looked that up, but yeah. it's so forgettable that you talk about it for two seconds and, and then you're like, like eh, whatever. It's got like fucking Bellagio fountains out in the middle of yeah, it. And no, you're like, what is this? It sucks. It's such a bad memorial. It's horrible. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so yeah, we went by that real quick and then we went and saw Vietnam uh-huh. and then we went and saw Abe Yeah, uh, over at the end of the mall. Abe was an absolute shit style. Show. There's people throwing their trash on the floor, people taking dating profile pictures, children screaming. Screaming, talking, carry, carrying on. Just a lot of carrying on. In the daytime, it was abysmal. With no one even attempting to keep order there. So there, there's a, a very tiny sign, like a what? Like A11 a sign? Yeah. Like that says, quiet, please be respectful disregarded well and i said to you that i have memories of visiting this memorial several times in my youth basically like pre 9 11 and people actually did do that right as hard as that is to believe from the 2022 perspective even in the 1990s and early 2000s when you went to the fucking lincoln memorial people shut the fuck up it was like visiting a gravesite or something where it was perceived as as disrespectful for everyone involved yeah. Like, if you were speaking loudly there, you would get chastised for it. Or at the very least, like, an entire crowd of peeved glances. Right. Whereas and, now, I mean, Jesus Christ, it was like Coachella in there. It was bad. It was insane. I mean, I didn't know until... So, we d- we did the visit to these places in two parts. The respectful, quiet daytime version, which was painful and terrible. Yeah. And then you got to go after you've had about a bottle of wine and question mark beers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, we we, were, we had dinner and we were talking about how lame uh, most American cities are because we ended up having to go to like a, uh, what would you even call that beer hall? It's not a beer hall with charm. It's like a sports bar. It's the meets... bottom floor of a condo building. Yeah, it's the bottom floor of a condo building that has a beer place in it. And it's the only place open till two that isn't a club. Or a restaurant that you are going to pay $20 for a subpar cocktail. Yeah. So we go to the beer bar and we're sitting around and we're talking, we're bullshitting, and we start to have, or I think you had, the I, idea. I thought we agreed earlier, like, we should come back later. Like, when we were... We did. The, yeah. We and did. And I was like, we're, we're doing it. But what I thought that meant was maybe we would go back at, like, 8 or 8.30 or something. But our dis- dinner reservation ended up being late. Yeah. You know, we wanted to swim in the pool at the hotel, which also was full of children um so it turns out we go at like midnight yeah it was late which was extremely cool it was not as uh depopulated as i would have imagined at that hour there's still people out and around out yeah and we only realized this because i looked it up at one point and you have 24 7 access to the national mall in dc which i think is very cool i think that's great yeah. and i'm surprised that in this age of surveillance especially post 9 11 especially post january 6th that they're like hey there's not going to be any rangers there but you're free to roam around wild i'm yeah. like what snipers in the trees have their jurassic park night vision goggles on watching everybody because you know that's got to be happening maybe think about that from like a, a fucking security perspective you're right yeah I walked up to the Lincoln Memorial with a bag full of beers. They don't know what's in there. That's true. Unless the you know, unless the FBI is up there with like scanning technology, which they certainly are. They're probably flying high altitude drones over that are ready to strike you at any moment. 
You know, like seriously, there's yeah. no way that's just like we're just free balling it. I, it. I got the sense, but that's what it feels like. They just said because, especially in like the Smith, the Smithsonian, like the visitor area abandoned. They were like, scan the QR code, figure it out. Yeah. We're not fucking with you people anymore. Like it seemed like everybody gave up and mm-hmm. was like, you're all on your worst behavior. Like teachers when they're like, I'm disappointed. Fine, I'm leaving. And then you hope that they get quiet, but no, they just get ra- like rowdy. Yeah, but yes. So going to the going to the National Mall at night. First of all, it just looks cooler. It looks everything beautiful. is lit up. It's beautiful. You can't see as much scum in the pond. Yeah, it's like just the gorgeous. reflecting pool does its job. Yeah, perfect reflection of the Washington Monument. It's great. Double dongs everywhere. Yeah, um, you, there were still people taking dating profile pictures in there. I had to wait behind a group of four people, yeah, all taking like hinge photos. It was insane, yeah. just to get like a, a well framed shot of Abe, you know. Yeah. But it's quieter. You can read the inscription on the side. That's one of his. I didn't speeches. know. I didn't know that that was there, and that was really wonderful to read. Yeah, very hard to do when you're gonna like keep one eye and be like, oh, this, this typeface <laughs> is really hard. It's very <laughs> angular, and I go, oh, I'm really trying. And it's a very uh, I forget which speech that is, but it's a very prescient because it was given during the civil war and you know for whatever you think about it for all the talk today of like how divided things are and what a shit show our time is you read that and you're like oh man we need an abe it's very much like are we not human are we all not better than this as as a union you know that's why the inscription is really great above abe like this is uh in this temple also weird word as in the hearts of the people for whom he saved the union, the memory of Abraham Lincoln enshrined forever, you know? Yeah. Like that's very affecting. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, not affecting screaming children. Um, but you know, you read the speech and you're like, whoa, you know, I started picking up trash cause I felt bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I literally felt bad and was like, this is disgusting. I can't like, this is killing me. You know, part of the reason that you go to Washington DC or any famous, um, institutional place is you go see the famous thing and you try to be in awe of it. Right. Like you're supposed to do that. Yeah. Especially as an American in your own country, in your own capital, given like an important figure like that, like no matter who you are, it's one of the things that you're supposed to do. I don't care if that's like idealistic or sounds cringe or whatever. Fuck you. Like that is part of being an American and going to the Capitol is you go see Abraham Lincoln and you try to be touched by it and you try to take it in for what it is, which is like a a monumental achievement in the history of your people. Right. And you want to respect that along with other people. That's part of why it's great and why it's so uh, makes me so sullen to see people using it for Tinder. It's like for just (sighs) steps to have like, slurpees on yeah like it really i don't know like this is why like i I was like am i just like a cantankerous old person but i was like you know like the reason why like you know as much as i will talk shit on any like museum or any place of art like there is you know the reason why it's like being a good jew you have to like be deeply critical of the thing that you love. Yeah. Right? Like and there should be reverence for it. Like you'll slag it all day long. It's only because there's respect there. Um to like walk into something that you're like, I know this is like a shitty like amusement park ride and it's not gonna affect me, and then you're like, Oh no, this actually does work, but this this 
is bad. Yeah, the nothing about the thing itself is wrong, but the conditions have deteriorated. That's right. It's the perfect metaphor for the whole moment and the whole country right now. It's like yeah. the, the idea of it was never the problem. It's the people that are inhabiting it that suck. We've yeah. let it all get very out of hand. Yeah. yeah. And the speech on the side is an interesting thing to read because like as much as both sidesism always gets derided as something that you shouldn't do, what's magisterial about Lincoln through all of his tenure as president and all of his speeches is that he manages to dignify everybody involved while at the same time scolding them yeah. for engaging in this like behavior. Petty bullshit, yeah. FDR was this way, Teddy Roosevelt was this way, Kennedy to some extent. Like great leaders do that. They're like, we're better than this together, all of us. Mm-hmm. Every side's viewpoint is like respectable at the end of the day, but we got to get through this, you know? Right. And yeah, we just don't have that. Right. And, you know, you know, people will say, oh, but like leadership doesn't matter. It's all just trends and forces. It's like, I don't know, guys. You can be swayed. Again, being an orator, like this is, you know, this is the disappointment of, of Barry is like, you're a really great talker, but like you're still just like, filling the air like where's the where's the momentum where's the thrust you have to be the stern like guiding force not just a cheerleader for vague ideas of americanness absolutely i mean abraham lincoln wasn't a cheerleader like the log cabin mythology is super meaningful because it mostly happens to be true he was like he was self-educated he came he came from the people and he lived like a pretty humble existence you know he didn't make Netflix deals a couple of years later and have a house in Martha's Vineyard worth $50 million. It's hard to take Barry very seriously right. after that. You're like, yeah, you were just full of hot air. You were a snake oil peddler. You and Donald Trump are the same person. Mm, I don't know about that. but Your um, aesthetics are different, but on, on the right. level of substance, you're the same thing. Right. Well, you know? Mm. And it's like, who knows? People thought that about Abraham Lincoln at the time. That's why he got fucking shot by a well-known actor. It would be as if Tom Cruise went and murdered Biden. You know? He's too short. It's insane. Um, But yeah, I want to talk about Vietnam for a second, and then we can stop. Because I really like the Vietnam Memorial. Uh I was talking it up when we went there. Um, I think it's good during the day, but I really liked it at at night. night. Yeah. Um, The way it's lit at night. It's almost I have never perfect. encountered before. Yeah. It's really dim, and the lights are not right up against the wall. Yeah, so kind of it kind of glows gray. It's not like it's not unlike those Whistler nocturnes. It's funny thinking about those and then seeing that. There's like a, it's always in shadow, never in light. Yeah, you know, it kind of well. No, nine eleven memorial at night is pretty bright. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bright as shit. Um, but you're right. It is very dim. Yeah, like. Which is very strange. Like, you know, part of me is like, you know, when they have to replace the those and put in like LEDs, it'll be lost. It's going to ruin it. Yeah. Um, But it is like, because it also like started to rain a little bit too. Yeah. Like that was kind of like, ooh. And then those stupid like soldier guys are not in any light. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I kind of love that. You can't see them. All you have is like street light casting on them and you're like. Yeah, you shouldn't even be here. Yeah, for those that don't know, there's a there's a grouping of three Vietnam soldiers placed about 50 feet away from the monument itself that were put there after the fact because Myelin's design was so controversial um, for not including any figuration that I think it was during Bush 1. They said, we have to make an addendum to this. 
because v- Vietnam vets were the ones complaining. It oh. wasn't like wasn't random people that there needed to be like some representation of them outside of their names. So they put up this dumb thing that looks like Tropic Thunder. True. <laughs> but the point is at night you can't see it, which yeah. is good. I think that's ideal. Yeah. Um, um the best the best one of the best things about that, I mean the design in general of like cutting into the the land and the way that you kind of descend into it and then ascend out of it is just beautiful as a walk. Right. As an experience, like it, things like Maya Lin's design have been so thoroughly incorporated and bastardized into like condo architecture right. that it's hard to recognize how stunning that must have been at one time. But it still works. Yeah. Uh, but I really appreciate the names. Like I think that doing justice to everyone that died by individually representing them is never something that you see in monuments. Things right. things are always represented other than monuments to one person. Obviously, the Lincoln Memorial is its own thing. Washington Monument is right. its own thing. Jefferson, etc. But when it comes to these war memorials, it's like to give them all equal weight and respect. Like there's generals on there. There's people that... But there's no hierarchy. Did heroin on there. Yeah, there's yeah. no hierarchy to it. It's just in that order. To me, it's like beautiful and it's solemnity is like earned and good right. and people always read it in terms of like the vietnam war being a scar or something to be ashamed of and i'm sure that's not like absent but to me that's not the point like it's what a war memorial should be because war is bad not particularly the vietnam war and no, may- the enterprise of war is a- is bad yeah and it and it costs lives you know right and that's what you get is the quantity of information and the democracy of it all these people at the end of the day are just dead doesn't matter who they were anymore you know, um, but you can also go there and leave a flag. You can leave your thing, and like, y- y- there is a spot to go for them, right. which is amazing. Even the missing ones, yeah, kind of cool. Um, I like that it's also like a little like divot, so it doesn't interrupt the like field cut. Yeah, it's very. It's all very, very like, was it four inch dip in the ground? Yeah, so you can like put it, but it's like so that way, even if you do leave like some kind of tribute item it's not visible like all of that like well it doesn't interrupt the gestalt it's visible ish as as a little punctuation amongst the sea of letters but from far away no you can't see it's leaning and it's just you know it's so that way you can't like hang like a a bunting or a wreath on it right that's right yeah which i think is that's kind of its own kind of greatness yeah well, and you can see yourself in it. Right. The, like, polished marble or granite or whatever that is. Yeah. Um, the subtle reflection of everything behind you. Like, even the other monuments. Like, the rest of the country is captured in the memorial. It's right. it's just, it's very well put together. It's a stunning experience, yeah. especially at night. I can't recommend it at at night enough. Yeah. I think I don't know. I think DC at night is better. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it that's, like everything calms down that's true everything calms down and then you can actually kind of see you know the idea of like that whitney show america is hard to see it's like well maybe go at night (laughs) cool i think that's a good place to stop yep